Do you need a landscaping job tackled? Keen Landscaping is a family-owned and operated full-service landscaping company based in Dallas, Texas. Anything from property restoration and tree pruning or removal to landscape design, construction, and installation, Keen covers it all. They're also the official landscape company of the Dallas Stars. Learn more at KeenLandscaping.com. Again, that's K-E-A-N-E Landscaping.com. Welcome to Parker's MMA Show. If you want to learn about all things going down in the fight world, you've come to the right place. Each episode, your host, Parker Keen, will take a deeper dive into the always entertaining world of sanctioned fist fighting. Now here's your host, Parker Keen. All right, we are back. Parker's MMA Show, episode 67. Very special guest today. We have Brock Weaver. He is a 15-6 and six MMA lightweight, four-fight UFC veteran, and he has an upcoming bout with Alexander Barahona with Icon Fighting Federation on April 2nd. He remains one of the most unique and exciting fighters in the sport. And in his own words, Brock, you said this, the world hasn't seen Brock Weaver yet. They've seen a version of me that someone else wanted, and that's not what or who I am. The savage is back. The old Brock is back, and I won't let anyone get in my way. Brock, talk to me about your mentality right now. Man, uh, that whole thing, it was uh, was kind of it's kind of going back to you know uh, being back home, man, kind of trapped and. I got I got the UFC contract, man, and and it was like uh it was like a lot of weight was uh lifted off my shoulders, man. You know it was like, and, and I got comfortable. I felt like and 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 nothing nothing against being married, you know, um, but I felt like I just got too comfortable, man, in Alabama, and and I'm I was the best in Alabama, you know, and you don't get better uh, when you're the best, and and you know. You have to be getting beat. You have to be getting these shiners in the gym, man. You have to be be getting challenged. And when I went back to that, man, you know, I was really just staying home, you know, to, to keep my wife, you know, comfortable because I didn't have the money to move us here to South Florida, the ATT. And, and, and just coming, I would come here for two or three weeks and go back home for two or three out of shape and come back here for two or three weeks and go back home and get out of shape. And my timing, everything was just... And, 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 you know, and having to deal with all that. And, and now, you know, um, unfortunately, you know, going just about going through a divorce and, and all that, you know, I was I was trying to be a good guy and, and I'm a good guy, you know, but but in the, in the fight, I'm not a good guy. You know, I'm a I'm a start a fight with everybody I fight. That's that I got to bring that dog out. I want them to bring that dog out, you know, and and I feel like I, I, I held back a lot. You know, I held back a lot in 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 in, in the in the interviews and the and the 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 times I met these guys. You know, having her around, having you know she. You know, we were we were in we were going to to we was like on missionary uh, things. You know, for the church, and I I was trying to and I had nine dogs and I like basically have a dog farm. I have hunting dogs. I have bull dogs. I have chihuahuas and, and and weenie dogs and huskies and and i was like i got too comfortable man and 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 i and i got civilized you know she being married kind of just brunt kind of grounded me kind of made me a better man I'm a better human being because you know the savage part of me probably wasn't a good a good 
human being, but it's what I needed at the at the time I got in the UFC. I needed to be a savage. I, my manager, Abraham Kawa, told me not too long ago, man, he's like, every fighter in the UFC needs to be a lion. And a lion, a lion has many, and a lion just don't care. A lion rules. A lion has to be savage. And I, I really thought about that, you know, and I didn't get it at first. And I really was like, you know, I got to be a lion at this point, you know. And this was before I was even released. This was just a few weeks ago. So I was just like, just new mentality, man. And, and I've been here at ATT um, for the last, I haven't went home in nine weeks. I buried myself in this dorm. And I don't even have a TV, man. You know, the TV is here in the living room in this dorm at ATT. And nobody ever comes out of their room and watches it, you know. And it's just that mentality, man, that, that I got to just bite. I, if I got to, I got to bite somebody's nose off. Like, I got to have that dog every fight. I got to have that no care. If, I got to not care if I say whatever I say or do is going to affect my home life and make me argue with my family or anything or, or be like, I got to get back to that old Brock, man. That old Brock didn't care. That old Brock was, was one goal. Make it to the UFC, whoop some butt, make a lot of money, and retire early, man, and not do this till I'm 40 and walking around hurting and brain damaged and all that, you know. And unfortunately, I just got released. So now, you know, it didn't even, it didn't even really hurt me like that, you know, because I know they like me. I know they know I'm more. I am the a winning Brock, a winning Brock on an interview is the most marketable guy in all of MMA, probably of all combat sports. And you're talking to two opinion. guys who booked you for this, Brock. I think you, you got some, you know, clearly we think you're a great interview. Um, but I, I, for me, Brock, talk, talk to me specifically about the distractions, right? Talk to me in your post, you know, which I encourage everyone to go read. I, I, you talk a lot about the distractions that were holding you back. Talk to me about that and talk to me about this Spartan lifestyle at ATT that's bringing back the old Brock, the old Savage. Really dig dig deep for me on that one. Yeah, man, just, you know, just like I said, you know, just back home I had all those dogs, man. You know, and, and once you have, you know, I don't have no kids, but I had nine dogs. So that could equal up to like maybe nine dogs could equal up to a kid. I didn't want to leave them. I didn't have nobody to leave them with. Now my grandparents are, are helping me, you know, and they're watching out for my house. And, and, and like I said, you know, uh, I'm not ashamed of me and my wife. You know, we signed papers. They ain't, they ain't filed yet. You know, we're, we're on talking terms and we're friends, but we ain't, we ain't necessarily together. We can't really call ourselves together and just wanting to be home and not be here. And she, she was a fighter and she knew I had to be here, but she didn't. She, she didn't like that. She wanted a relationship where she could be with me. She didn't want to move back down here. She didn't like South Florida. So I was I was being pulled in two different worlds where I knew I needed to be here. But I, I wanted to make her happy. And I wanted to make my family happy. And, and I'm raising a dog. And like I said, they become like my kids. I fell in love with them. I wanted to see them grow up. I don't want to leave them a, a, a bundle on my grandparents. They're old. You know, I have a big land there uh, i was going to hunt I, I, I was like man i was getting comfortable home in alabama when i'm the best there and i like i said i would come here for three or four weeks get in some way shape and then be like all right 
my wife is telling me to come home or my family is, you know, I got to go take care of my dogs. I got to go home. And then I would go home and I'm like, I'm only going to be home a week. But I would end up staying two or three weeks getting out of shape, getting and then come back here and have to re get in shape. And it, and it and, and when you when you're doing that, you're just I'm just losing rounds in here. I'm not ever seeing progression here. So when I'm going in these fights, I'm mentally messed up thinking, man, I really didn't give it all. Like I didn't give it a nine week camp. I basically gave it a three week camp. Those last two fights. Well, that second fight, we got caught in COVID. I couldn't even come here and I was 185 pounds. And I, I cut 29 pounds and, and missed weight by a pound in five and a half days, you know. And that took a toll on my body. That messed my mind up. Me and her were going through it, too, at that time. And this third fight, again, you know, no excuses, man. It's the fight game. I don't care. Things are going to happen. I might never, ever, ever for the rest of my career have a normal fight camp. Like, have something just go right. Everything seems like it goes wrong with me. I got the luck of the India, you know, so it's, uh, it, it, uh, but here, man, like I said, uh, and it's like, even since I got released, I've been knowing about it for three weeks. I just, I've been waiting to, to book, the book the icon fight and, and, and jump on it. And, um, but I've been here, like I said, nine weeks. I haven't went home at all. And I'm, I'm ready, man. I'm, I'm finally winning rounds in here with like, truthfully, the Brock that was in the UFC wasn't. I'm training with with top level guys here in the UFC, man. Probably 23rd. I mean, the whole team here is in the UFC, Bellator, PFL. I wasn't winning rounds. I wasn't ready because I, I wasn't here full time making it a lifestyle. This is a once you're in the UFC, it's a lifestyle. You have to know that. You have to you have to sacrifice. You have to sacrifice maybe a marriage. You know, your your wife's got to be understandable. Your kids got to be understandable. Everybody's got to be understandable that you might have to be away for nine weeks or 10 weeks to, to fully harden your body, to fully mentally prepare. You know, I, I went in those last two fights. I don't know what it was, but I, I know that I was being pulled in two different places and I wasn't mentally there. I couldn't even see in those fights. It was crazy. And it was like I was putting on somebody else's glasses that have, you know, vision and, and it was blurry. I was getting hit, man. If you watch all my old regional fights, I'm known for having head movement. I'm a counter fighter. I move my head, but those two fights, I couldn't move. I couldn't see. I was, and and it, and I looked it up. It could be, it could have been just nerves, me doubting myself because I was not not winning rounds here. The adrenaline, everything, just life, you know. And now everything's clicking. You know, me and my wife, like I said, we, you know, we we going through some things, but we're on a friend level, and she understands. I gotta be here now, and and, and I don't care, you know, if she didn't at the time right now because i this is my life i'm 29 years old and you know i'll fight this icon fight i'm gonna smoke this guy and they're probably gonna throw me on the main event in north Dakota and icon i'm gonna smoke whoever there you know on the sioux reservation in front of all those people in may and i mean i'm gonna talk hella junk on the interviews i'm gonna tell dana you need to give me my job back you know what else do i gotta do and hey you know like I said, man, it's business. I at the first five minutes when they when they, when they called and told me I was released, I was a little salty. You know, I was like, I had one more fight, so I took I took a fight on y'all for five day notice. I took a fight on y'all for two day notice. I was fighting Frank Camacho, a five nine guy, trained for him for eight weeks. P- perfect, everything was going good. But like I said, I was coming back and forth, so not really. 
I really was just halfway ready for Frank, you know, but I was ready for a wrestler, smaller guy. And then I got switched to a 6'4 striker, southpaw, you know, like, and of course, I, I'm not going to ever back out because I told him on the, on, on the, on the contender series, I'll fight whoever, whenever, sick or not. I'm still going to fight. I ain't going to tell y'all I'm sick or nothing. My kidney's about shut down against Roosevelt. The Dr. Davis for the UFC tried to get me to pull out the morning of the fight, and I lied to him and told him that I was I was feeling good. But I wasn't, you know. But I, I got, I'm going to live up. You feel me? And like I said, man, uh, I feel like they could have gave me my last fight, but they're going to give me my last fight. I'm going to earn it. I'm a, if I got to go back into contender series after I smoke this guy this summer, I go back into contender series, put on another show, talk hella more shit, and get my job back, man. But I'm going to get my last fight. Let's go. All right, so let's talk about uh, last time you were on here, you talked about your fears of you know, making it to the UFC and then becoming small time, you know, small town famous and everyone wanting to be in your life and all that stuff. And then you know, you're telling us now that you maybe got too comfortable. So what what is kind of the biggest lesson that you learned in your first run at the UFC? And what do you have to do? You know, what do you have to change in your training, in your life to just get back there and get back to where you want to go? Because, you know, last time we talked, I said, Brock, what's your 20, 2020 goal? You said, or by 2021, you want to be UFC champion. You want to be top five. So how do you get back there from where you're at now? Well, I don't, I don't think I'm going to be champion by 2021. Uh, though, you know, only thing, only thing promised in life is change. I heard from a, a old wise elder one time and, uh, you know, you could talk stuff, you could talk stuff in existence. You could believe it, but only thing promised is change. Life will change no matter if good or the bad. And unfortunately it changed kind of for the bad for me, but not really. I'm looking at this, you know, I get to go out and get my mojo back and fight a, fight a regional, fight on a regional stage, show some improvement and get back on a winning stage. But the, the, the thing, you know, is just the lifestyle, man, you know, bearing myself, in this dorm room, not going home, not not getting around that local hero stuff. Because when I go back home, it does. I'm basically like the chief of the reservation. You know, uh, everybody wants to, you know, we want to hang out or, or this and that and pull me here and pull me there. When when I should be there, if I'm home, I should be training. But, uh, but I'm, I'm on the, somebody's wanting me to go hunting or somebody's wanting me to go out and have, eat with them or go, you know, grab a beer or or something and, and and i end up not training and then i end up coming like i said back down here and getting beat up again and then getting getting you know mentally screwed up you know when when right now i'm i'm winning rounds i'm getting better i'm, I'm mentally focused i'm walking around i'm at 171 when I'm usually 171 the week of the fight, four days out, I'm two weeks out, 171, but I feel my body feels like I'm 195. I'm on a strength conditioning program three days a week, not missing a day. I'm healthy. I usually like like last couple of fights, I felt like maybe overtrained and I'm being a lot smarter. I'm, I'm, uh, I'm getting shown attention. You know, when you hear and you coming in two or three weeks at a time, Coaches don't really show you attention because they know you're not ready. But when you're here eight weeks, nine weeks, and you're here four or five days, two or three times a day, and, and you're and you're starting to win, people starting to they're starting to show you attention. They start to like you, and that helps, you know. 
And that's just it, man. When you're at the top level, you just got to be a lifestyle. It, that is what I've learned about being in the UFC. It cannot be a part-time, half-time job. It's got to be a full-time, 712 job. Like, you can't just, on Saturday and Sunday, grub out anymore and gain 10, 15 pounds and come up on Monday and think, you know, you're just going to lose it on Monday. No, you got to be strict, man. Strict diet. Like I like what Connor said his last fight about Dustin, you know, when you when you do everything right, it makes stuff easy, man. You know, and and, and I really like that saying, you know, and it really made sense and it really it really stuck in me and, and you know, when I when I on the weekends when I'm bored in this dorm and I wanna go, maybe go down south in Miami and, and do something. No. No. You uh uh-uh, uh because that's gonna that's gonna that's gonna show up Monday morning at, re- at Marco's wrestling two and a half hour wrestling class. No. You stay stay ass in this dorm, watch TV on your phone, or or take some melatonin and go your ass to sleep on a Saturday night. You know. Nine after nine weeks and you get that win, it'll all be worth it. I know it will. Cause I love the win, but I ain't felt the win. I ain't felt the win since the contender series, man. And I'm craving it. I'm crazy. I'm dying and I'm going to get it. Like I, I, I even, I told some interview, I don't know who it was uh, a couple months ago, man. You know, this, they asked me, was I, was I nervous about being released? You know, I was like, well, if, if they released me, I think they would have been done releasing, you know, my fight, they released you after you lose a couple of days, you know, but they had, they held on to me for six months, you know, so it was like they they're, they were iffy about losing, and they, they told me, you know, they like me, they love me, they just need me winning. I'm marketable when I'm winning. They'll get me two or three wins, they'll bring me back. You know, and I that's what I told them on their interview. I said, man, if they cut me, I'm 29 years old. I'm going to go fight on the regional scene, win, get my ass back, or go somewhere that's paying some money and, you know. So talk to me, Brock, about this opportunity with Icon, right? Like, there's a lot of choices for a guy like you who's coming back to the regional scene. Why did you go with them? Well, you know, um, I'm coming off a two-fight losing streak, so uh, I think I think Bellator uh, kind of told my manager, you know, they 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 get a win, you know, or and and one I ain't really talked, we ain't really hit them up because I, I really don't want to go over there in Asia and fight. You know, it's just too. I don't like flying long distances. It, I get sick on the plane and um, all the other organizations you met. I want to get back in the UFC, you know, so I don't really want to mess up. I don't want to go somewhere that the UFC is really competing with to be them like, OK, well, he just went there. He's good there. You know, blah, blah, blah. I don't want to do that. I don't want to go sign a big contract with somebody else. You know, and Icon, Icon is the New Island fights, you know, Dean. He's been my big bro. God, Dean Tool has been my big bro, godfather in the game since I was 18 years old. He's basically single-handedly guided my career to where I am and tells me everything to do, you know, and I do it. And he's been told me to move down, move back down here and, and get here full time. And I didn't listen to him. I let life there pull, pull me and pull me and pull me and me try to balance out everything. And it, you cannot in this fight game. It's unforgiving. It's the most unforgivable sport, and you can't balance nothing in it. It's got to be all this or nothing. You know, and, and, and I've learned that the hard way. And and sometimes I got to learn things the hard way. I'm just a hard-headed Indian guy. I got to I gotta be beat, 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 and okay. All right, now now I know. Now I, got, now I know, you know. So I'm a hard-way kind of guy. And, that, and I, you know, and 
getting back in the UFC, you know, I, I think will be easier than most people because I am marketable and they do like me. And I know Icon. I know I know the guys that work for Icon. Like I said, you know, Dean's the owner. He, you know, that's that's some godfather just about in the game. And uh, it's on UFC Fight Pass, so it's still exposure. The, the money ain't good, but it ain't about the money. You know, it's about the dub. It's about the story. I'm going to go to Sinaloa, Sinaloa, Los Noches, Mexico. Probably one of the most third most dangerous cities in the whole world. Part of the I'm cartel gonna, right there. Part of the cartel. That's what I'm saying. I'm going to go main. Dude, dudes are getting pulled out of their van and blowtorched to their van in the broad daylight there. You know, so I'm about to fight a Mexican. He lives an hour away from there. He's probably part of the cartel. I'm about to go make him mad. And if I die, let me die doing what I do. You know, it's all about the story, bro. It's all about being remembered. And and money ain't going to last forever, you know, but my name will. And and I already got some of a name, but I'm trying to be remembered, man. I'm try- I, I, I love the movie Troy with Achilles. And, and he, I love what he said on there. You know, it really stuck. I always watch that movie right before I fight. It's like a tradition. I love it. And, he, you know, he, he said, I, I would never fight that 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 giant guy. And he looked at the kid and he said, that's why you would never be remembered. I, I told a couple of my boys, I'm going to Sinaloa, boys. Y'all, y'all going with me, just playing with, nah, bro. We ain't going over there, bro. We, we, we'll ride we'll ride with you, but we ain't riding with you over there, bro. You crazy. I was, that's why y'all won't be remembered. I go over there. I make hella noise. I, I do some destruction. And I make it back alive, man. The story, shit. It, it, Dana might Dana might sign me after this shit. He might bring me back. Who knows? He's gonna watch the interview. He's gonna watch. He's a big podcast listener, so I'm sure he'll he'll be listening to this. Um, talk to me, Brock, about your opponent for this fight. What do you know about him? What's his style? How good is he? I mean, I I don't really know a whole lot about this guy. W- what do you know? Uh. I watched one of his fights. That's it on UFC Fight Pass. He he got finished in like 50 seconds by a taller guy. Calf kick, hit him with a clinch, clinched him, kneed him, uh, finished him. Uh, his records, it, it's it's decently good. It's 11 and four. Um, he was on a five fight win streak with that, and he got 12 knockouts. He's a he's a short guy, five seven. I fight really good against shorter people than me. He's a a striker. He's gonna throw an overhand left hook. He hits hard. You know. We, it, it probably could get, you know, according how good he is in, in, in the beginning, according how much I, how scared he is of me. Um, it, it could be it could be a banger. You know, I, I definitely am I'm looking to bang with him, you know, but I'm definitely looking to show some of my new skills that I picked up here at ATT. You know, I'm looking I'm a bigger I'm a bigger guy, you know, so I'm I'm a I'm a drag him out. I'm a, I'm a t- tap him up and probably take him down and, and, you know, submit him, make my coaches here happy. But regardless. I want to hurt him. I gotta. It can't just be a split decision or a unanimous decision win. It's got to be a finish, and I gotta get it. And and what I really want to show is just, you know, my IQ. Something I didn't get to really show in in my UFC fights because I, I I couldn't see. It was it was crazy, but I want to show my IQ, man. And the fans, it sucks because they cut me right before the fans come back. That, that had a big part of me. I got in the UFC. The dreams were to come out in front of thousands of people and make thousands of people scream and get hype and and i was that's what i'm about it's just the hype the, the i'm a showsman man and they took half of my game 
COVID took, they didn't take it. COVID took half my game from me. COVID helped and hurt a lot of people, you know, but it definitely hurt me. And it's no excuse. It's just what happened. I couldn't stop COVID, you know, but I had to fight. I was broke. I had to make my family money. I had dogs to feed. You know, I had, I could have, I could have turned down those fights, but no, I was at the times I got those fights, probably had just a couple hundred dollars in my bank account. I had to go throw, man, you know, ready or not. And that's just what, um, that's just, that's just it, man. You know, it's, what is the biggest difference of not having fans there? Cause I have, I've heard it both ways in your opinion. I mean, what's your feeling on it? Man, it's, it's so quiet in there, you know, so quiet. It's, uh, it's, it's just, it's like, I was, that's, I remember that, uh, in those fights, those last two fights in there, I'm looking around everybody's wearing black and they're sitting on a desk and they have a mask on. It was like, it was weird, man. It was like, I was just, I didn't want to be there. I did not want to be there, bro. I wasn't talking no shit. I was, I don't even remember. I could barely remember exactly what I was thinking the whole time before the fight. Cause I was just, I, I was like, man, I just got to fight. I can't, I can barely see. I don't like this. This is not fun. Um, I'm just going to fight, man. You know? And, I, I, another thing got into me. I'm like, I want 50 G's. So I was like, I got to bang. I got to get hit. I got to hit. It wasn't about winning a fight to me. It was about being exciting for Dana and trying to make him give me 50 G's. And that's just, you cannot have that mentality at this high level. And like I said, I've had to learn the hard way. You know, I can't just walk forward on Jalen Turner, him four inches taller and four inches of reach on me and, and take his licks. I'm like, man, you know, he hits hard, but he ain't. He ain't going to hurt me. He drops me in 20 seconds. Oh, wow. Yeah. Okay, Brock. You know, that's a lie. <laughs> he can hurt you. These so guys talk, can hurt you. Talk a little bit about that, right? Because you're known you're known as a banger. But like you said, on your, on the regional in your regional fights, you're much more patient. And you're much more kind of calculated in your striking. And you've mentioned him a couple times already. But Steve Mako, who's at the wrestling coach at ATT, you want to talk about a legend. I mean, the guy's a legend among legends, right? Talk about how he's affected and changed your game where you can maybe add to that banging a little bit where you're able to, you know, take guys down and, and use the wrestling. Yeah, man. His, like I said, his Monday morning uh, wrestling class at 1130 is legendary here. It's like you, it, on Mondays, nobody feels like going to work, right? <laughs> we all wake up and we come here. And it's stacked with every. It's like everybody don't want to go to that class, but everybody makes it because it, it gets your Monday started. And it's just two hours of drilling and then like eight live rounds at the end, switching in different positions, man. And just like I said, when I used to come here, man, I used to just get smoked and just took it down and dragged down. Now I'm, I'm you know, now I'm, my hips are stronger. I'm stopping takedowns now, man. I'm, I'm getting back up now, you know, it. You can you can look you can just look at look how good Mazadal did out of shape against Usman. Yeah, Usman took him down a couple of times, but he didn't do nothing on top of him. He got up. He stopped a lot of takedowns too. You know, he gets up like a cat. That's that him and uh, Mako and Mike Brown kind of work chemistry with each other off the wrestling, and they their style, man, and and uh, everybody's kind of got that Khabib style here. That uh take him down against the wall out and get that 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 khabib lock and uh that 
you know, I'm, I've always liked that lock anyway. I want to fight with it. So getting here, just getting getting that program in my head and making it automatic where I ain't really got to think about it. I take them down, bam, grab the wrist, lock the legs, smash them down. And, and you know, a lot of people don't, don't train that at, at different gyms, man, or really anywhere. This is really, I've been to a few, few high-level gyms. Not many people really drill that. And every wrestling class here, we drill those same things. And it's repetition. You know, it ain't like teaching something new every time, but it's going over the same four or five moves that everybody's programming. Everybody's hitting them, you know, and, and you, it's like, you know, it's coming, but you, it's still hard as hell to stop. So, yeah, man, I'm, I'm looking to, you know, I'm the bigger guy on this guy. And I'm, I'm definitely looking to see how strong his hips are and uh, touch him up a little bit, man, get a takedown. And like I said, right, you know, smash this guy, man, and, and show, show improvement, show people that I can wrestle. You know, I can I can counter wrestle and uh yeah, I can be patient and and, and and calculated and 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 set you up for traps and counter you. I got they say Connor's got one of the best pool lefts in the game. I think I got one of the best pool lefts in the game. You know, it, it's very similar to Connor's and, and I was doing that before Connor ever was even doing it, I think. Connor just done it in the UFC and everybody saw it. You know, and, and that, that's great for him. So he, he's got that marked on his name. But uh, I'm definitely looking to, to pull a counter, <laughs> blast double leg, Khabib lot, smash, and uh, something, man. You know, I'm, I'm, I'm looking for a domination on this guy. He's got a good record, but he ain't never fought nobody on a high level. He ain't never fought nobody training with the people I'm training with, man. He, you know, uh, they're – Everybody knows it. it's just it's a different level over here, and it, it's a different level in America, and it's a different level at ATT. So let's talk about a guy uh, you just mentioned. One of your ATT teammates, Jorge Masvidal, is obviously fighting against Kamaru Usman uh, in a rematch. What do you make of that fight, Brock? What What are your thoughts on how that rematch is going to go? Because you know, a lot of people in the media seem to be counting Jorge out, and I'm sure you have a different perspective, and I'd love to hear why. Yeah, I mean, look, they, they count him out, man, because of how good Usman did against Burns. I mean, nothing against Burns, bro. But Burns is not a striker, okay? Not a striker. If you watch the last fight between Jorge and Mazadal on a five-day notice, Jorge outstruck him, you know, landed big shots. He just gassed. That's it. I mean, that. Five rounds, bro. He still lasted five rounds, and he didn't get finished. He didn't even get close. He didn't even get close to being finished. The man's never been finished, actually. That's a that's a great mindset to have, you know. Like you never been broke. You got thirteen losses, bro. Decisions, you know, and a couple of them could have could have been went a your way. A lot of splits. A lot of splits. A lot of splits. That's what I'm saying. A lot of splits. So Kamara knows that man, and and you know. I think anything can happen in a fight, man. And Usman is a hell of a hell of a, a match for anybody, anytime. His mindset is strong too. But I think I see I see Jorge training, man. He's hungry. He's looking in shape. He's looking good. He's looking fast. He's hard to hold. He was hard to hold down out of shape. Imagine how hard he's gonna be hard to hold. You know, Damon Maya took the man's back three or four times and couldn't and couldn't sub him. You know, so I think how that matchup. Of course, I'm gonna say Jorge. You know, but anything can happen. But I, I could definitely see Jorge hitting some explosive moves and, and dropping Usman, man. You know, and and finishing him or 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 
riding him out with a five-round, picking him apart, man. If, if Jorge can keep his gas tank up all five rounds, he could pick this dude apart with hands, man. He was picking him apart till he gassed. I, I, yeah. I, wouldn't say, I wouldn't say him finishing Usman because Usman's really hard to finish too. But I, I could see him with his gas tank up. I could see him stopping and takedowns, getting off the fence, and picking him apart with hands, man. All right, let's move. Uh, let's move back to the lightweight division and you and the UFC. We want to ask you a couple questions, then we got a little rapid fire segment, and we'll get you out of here. But um, there's been a lot of talk about Khabib. Obviously, do you really think he's retired? And if he's not, what do you think the next fight is for Khabib? No, I don't think he's. I don't think he's. I don't. I, it's hard to say, man, because he's looking heavy. <laughs> and, uh, he already had make it 155. And, uh, All those I dinners mean, with Dana. Yeah, that's what I'm saying, man. He's looking heavy, and he, it, you know, it's really like a mind thing. It's like, because if you watch the videos from the last time he cut weight, this last time against uh, Gaethje, he he barely made it. He was he was he was hurting, you know. It's, and and I used to come down from 195 to make 55, and it sucked, and it, it used to break me, and every time I was just like, I, I don't think I'm ever going to do this again. That's why I moved up to 70 for a while and went and went on a six or seven fight, went streak at 70 in the in the regional scene, you know, but um, man, you know, it, it's hard to say. You know, it's going to take motivation. I think if he comes back, it'll be against two guys, the only two guys to bring him back, and, and, and that would be GSP, if he decides to do it, or Connor. If Connor beats Dustin, and talks hella junk. He might, he might Kapoor could be back one more time. So Brock, outside of Habib and yourself, who do you think is the best lightweight on your on the planet? Outside of Khabib and myself, you know, I, I'm I'm not even gonna be like, I I ain't I ain't on that level yet. So I wouldn't even say me at all. You know. Well, I'm, you're not you're not allowed to say you. So yeah, good. Thank you. And uh, with the best lightweight, uh, I train. I train here with uh, with Violet Bob Louis. He actually lives in the room right next to me. He's trained with Khabib and uh, Islam, and he's told me his opinions on that. And uh, I definitely think probably Islam is probably the best. The best at, at lightweight right now. He's he, him. Him or uh, Oliveira, man. Charles. He's 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 got a different mindset. He used to be mentally mentally weak and and easy to break, but now he, but it there's sometimes in fighters, man, like me, like I, a, a, a switch has flipped. You know, I feel like my my switch has been flipped. I feel like I'm a, I've leveled up. I'm on another level and a different mindset, a dog mindset again, and 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 ready to make a run. And and I think that happened to Charles, man. He was like, man, I'm I'm great at jujitsu. I just got to freaking bite down on my mouthpiece. And start kicking the hell out of these guys and throwing and then mixing in my jiu-jitsu instead of being mentally. You know, who knows what he was going through when he went through those losses? Because life will get you in there. Those lights hit you. And if you look at yourself in the mirror that morning and you're not happy with the man that's in the mirror, you, you ain't going to be good in there most likely. You know, but maybe, maybe he, he, he fixed some things in his personal life and he's looking he's looking home, man. He just he drugged Tony down through there, bro. He drug everybody down through there recently. So either Charles or Islam, man, I, I would like to see that that matchup soon, you know. All right. Out of the top guys in the lightweight division, who do you think you match up best against and who do you think is the worst matchup for you? 
out of the top guys. Yep. Yeah, let's say top 15 or well-known guys. I, I think I would def, uh, definitely match up great with Tony. It'll definitely be a hell of a, a hell of a cardio fight, but uh, he's got a funky style. I definitely think I could I could kill him with some with some pull counters and some hooks. He he runs into those guys and uh, maybe grind it out with him, and it'll be a hell of a fight. Um, I think I could pick him apart like Gacy did. You know, be patient. You got to be patient with him, and you got to be smart. You know, and you just gotta he's gonna make it ugly. You just gotta make it pretty. You know, and get a little ugly every now and then. And, and I think definitely I would match up the worst with Khabib or Islam. Some, some, because I train with a lot of rest, uh, rushes, man. You know, I could, I could tag them and I can boom. But when they get on top, when they, they, they relentless with a takedown, their, their, their leg strength and, and, and pressure on top is, it's a nightmare. It's hell of, it's, it's hell of good work. I love it. But um, those, those are the suckiest guys for, for guys with my style to kind of fight. Who's a lightweight that you think should get some more respect? Who you think is underrated? Uh, definitely Oliveira, man. You know, I think he's being overlooked a lot. Uh, Islam too. I mean, he's people. He, he he ain't marketable. I mean, but you know, either, neither is Oliveira. Those guys. Nobody. I'm the most marketable guy in lightweight division was until they released me. Nobody. Everybody can fight. It's the most stacked. Everybody is the best in that weight class. Hell of a fighter. Everybody can fight at 55. Everybody's on another level. But there ain't nobody marketable. Connor's nice now. He's not marketable. He's going <laughs> through some shit. Probably. <laughs> you know, so. What about Cowboy? You don't think Cowboy's marketable? Cowboy Cowboy don't even know what uh, weight class he want to be in. So. Dustin? You don't like Dustin? You don't like the hot sauce? Man, I love Dustin. I love Dustin. Me and Dustin are really good friends here, man. He's. Hell of a nice guy. He's he's gave me a lot of inspiration, you know, lots of. I I wasn't surprised. I saw him. I saw him train that whole camp for Connor, and um, I knew the I knew the calf kicks were gonna be a problem, and uh, on Connor's heavy heavy wide boxing stance because I sparred with him, and there was a problem on me. So I'm like shit. I got the wide south pause dance with with the, with all the weight on the leg, and and now I can't walk. Now I'm gonna take my ass out of Alabama and heal up, <laughs> you know. So, but yeah, uh, Dustin, Dustin does got, since, since the Connor fight, Dustin, he's, he's a lot more marketable, you know, uh, very I nice guy. He's hot he, sauce he, every day. So I hope, I hope he's marketable, man. man Cause he seems like a great guy the, from the outside. Yeah, man, he is. He, he's, he's definitely on the marketable. He's probably, he's probably my favorite lightweight now. And, uh, probably the most marketable guy. Cowboy, cowboy ain't really marketable. He's a cowboy. So that's marketable in a way, but. Cowboy really ain't got a personality. He don't really flash the camera. You know, he don't he don't give that that uh that bang on the microphone, you know? And uh but he he's cowboy, you know, and he's he's got respect and he's gonna die a legend in the sport. You know, he'll be in the Hall of Fame. And he's won hella money and spent all of it, I heard. <laughs> so that is a that is a dream fight for me. Yeah. What do you, let's talk a little more about Dustin. What do you take from a guy like Dustin that, you know, he's been in there, it seems like, you know, for over more than a decade, just in the trenches grinding against, you know, the best fighters across two weight classes. What kind of motivation and just 
What, what do you take from being around a guy like that that's done that much and been through, you know, some of the shit you're going through right now? Man, just like I said, uh, huge inspiration, man. The underdog. Being the underdog. You know? uh, until recently, until I got in the UFC, I was always the underdog. I was always counted out. I was the, the Indian Moai guy, not, you know, fucking all these crazy tattoos you know, he, he's just going to get killed, you know, and then, and then bam, you know, I overcome that, you know, and then when I got in the UFC, they hyped me up, they put me on the featured bout, my UFC debut, I don't even know if anybody's ever did that, I don't know if they've ever even did the featured bout, maybe me and Sean Molly, Sean O'Malley, they did that, two contender stars, and, you know, I, it, it, I always said, you know, when the lights hit me, I was going to shine my best. And, and I, I talked that in my head and talked that in my head until the point happened and life got me and, you know, it, it, nothing's promised, you know. But just seeing Dustin Mann overcome all the underdog bull crap and, 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 and never give up, you know, even after Khabib, everybody's like, people, I even heard people was like, man, he needs to retire. Why? Why in the world does dude, this dude just beat Connor now, you know, it just beat Justin. He beat everybody, you know, and he was counted out in everyone. He was counted out against Justin. He was counted out against Alvarez. He was counted out against Connor, you know, and he did hella good with Khabib. I thought, I thought he did hella good with Khabib. All right, so Brock, we're we're doing we're doing a new segment with with everybody we have on the show. We do our rapid fire five round segment. It's about something other than MMA. So I know when you're out of camp, when you're not training for a fight, you're a big junk food guy. So I got five junk food questions for you, Brock. Rapid fire. Are you ready? And then we'll let you get out of here. Yeah. Let's go. All right. First question. What is your favorite soda? Favorite soda? Shoot. Dr. Pepper. Are you a sweet or a salty person for snacks? Sweet. sweet. E- extra, extra, extra sugar on my watermelon. What is your favorite snack to watch a movie, a TV show, or the fights with? Con swirls. What is your favorite dessert? Cheesecake. And if you were trapped, if you were trapped on a desert island and you could only bring one snack or sweet, what would it be? Trapped on a desert island, fruit roll-ups. There it is. There it is. Rapid fire, Brock. We. Brock, can you hit us and tell the people where they can find you? Man, yeah, I, I would love to shout out all my sponsors, but I got so many. I'm just naming a few. AMF, always moving forward. They're making my banner, my shirt, and my shorts for this fight. They've been with me for the last two years. Shout out to Kobe Bridges. He's the uh, founder of that organization, man. Great movement. Like, goes perfect with me. Always moving forward, no matter what. You know, good underdog brand. I love it. Um, Glaxon, my supplement, uh, one and only supplement company, the new age of supplements, scientific, everything they do is two or three different things. Uh, a big shout out to all, all the Moais, man, you know, back home, missing me, want me to come home. Hey, I'll be home soon, but I got to take care of business. And when I come home, I ain't staying home long because I got to come back and I got to take care of business. And shout out to all the tribes around the world, everybody, all the tribes that's hit me up, even in Canada, all of them, man. Hey, appreciate y'all in Mexico. Tribes there, I'm coming. Coming. All right. You heard the man. The Savage is back. 
He's Brock Weaver. I'm Billy Naden. That's Parker Keen. This is Parker's MMA show. Like, share, subscribe. Give us a review. Five stars. Tell your friends. Brock, thank you so much for coming on the show. We had a blast. This was a fantastic interview. Uh, can't wait to see you back in action, back in the W column. And then we'll have you back on the show and we could talk about where to go from there. Appreciate y'all, man. Thank y'all. Let's go, brother. You Appreciate you. Good luck. All right. And we're yeah. out. Texas Trees is the premier tree care company in the DFW area. Whether you need basic maintenance or specialized services, when it comes to trees, we've got you covered. Pruning, chipping, bracing, and cabling, even root barriers and disease control, we do it all. And if you aren't sure what you need, we have certified arborists on staff to point you in the right direction. Visit us at NorthTexasTrees.net. That's NorthTexasTrees.net. Thanks for listening to Parker's MMA Show. Take a moment to rate and review on Apple Podcasts or wherever you get your podcasts and visit ParkerKeen'sMMAShow.Podbean.com for additional information on Parker and to stay up to date on the latest drama in the fight world. For more information and important links about today's episode, check out the show notes.